Welcome to the Weekly Roar. I'm Grant Brunner. Oh, uh, I'm Rob Webster. This is episode 773. With us today is Lothlin. What animal are you thinking about today, Lothlin? Actually, axolotl. Hell yeah, ox- axolotl. What, is there anything in particular? You just like the way that they look. I mean, I kind of love them. I, I have a tattoo of one, and today I happen to be wearing the shirt with mm-hmm. one on it. So, yay, axolotl. That's a it's a that's a pretty good animal, and it's not a cat. Rob, mm. do you have do you have an animal that you've been particularly enjoying? Yeah, Lothan's cat. Yeah, Lothan. Yeah, it's a great. It's, I mean, listen, somebody has to do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you're stepping up to do what needs to be done. Um, <laughs> I, my the animal I'm thinking about is a sloth or a sloth, as some British people pronounce it. Rob, do you say sloth or sloth? I think I've moved to sloth in my uh, as I've advanced. <laughs> Um, but I definitely have heard plenty of British people say sloth. Um, Me too. Uh, I, I think about it because there, I saw a video of one being fed with like very large chopsticks, like serving chopsticks, um, being fed little pieces of squash, and it was pretty cute. Oh, that sounds That's delightful. Adorable. I think it was the I think it was from the San Antonio Zoo, if I remember correctly. A little sloth. Um, he was enjoying some squash. Uh, today it's been a while. It's been some time uh, <laughs> since we have. Fun. Podcasted, um, and I think we're we're gonna we're gonna do Goaty. We're gonna do Game of the Year. Um, we'll get into that in a moment. I know that I my list is probably longer than both of your lists, um, but I do want to talk on air. Uh, Rob, you bought a, a fucking you bought a fucking house. Yeah, I got one. How's how's that how's that handling? Oh, the house is lovely. I am so 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 tired. We only managed to get the last load of stuff in last Sunday, uh, and I because we moved over Christmas, I did not like. I was just like, oh, that'd be great. We'll go into our house. We'll just be able to. We'll just dump all of our stuff in the living room, and we'll just have a lovely, smooth sailing Christmas where we're just lying back and doing nothing in our house. All the buying stuff has happened. It turns out now, now that's uh, it's quite tiring. So I've got I've got a week off next week, which will be my Jesus Christ! I want to recover from moving into this house week. Uh, but God, it's good to be here. It feels so nice. It feels so much like home already. Yeah, it, that that makes sense. I remember I do remember just like after the process was done. I was just like, I don't ever want to move again. This sucks. Yeah. No, this is it. Uh, I will die here. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that, that is absolutely that is absolutely how I felt um, <laughs> uh, when that happened. Like, whether or not I'll be able to to win that argument long term, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, being having it done, and then now fucking now you're now you're on Easy Street, Rob. Now you have equity. Yeah, man. I'm gonna buy up all of the other properties so the next generation can't do shit. <laughs> I will say I think I do think that that the UK um housing market is in a be- in better shape than the US one is right now. In the US it's been kind of a clusterfuck even though I'm sure listen I'm sure that it's not great but I do think that more people are buying houses more percentage wise than Americans right now. Americans all the people who have houses are now sitting on them because our interest rates are fucked. Right, yeah. Possibly. It's certainly pretty it's uh absolute shit show here too, but I can believe that your shit show is uh, it's a bit more Broadway. Yeah. So, like, so here's here. I, I mean, I, I, we can we can talk. I don't know if you want to talk. If you don't want to talk, we don't have to talk about this. But my percentage that I got in well, the, the very 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 beginning of 2021. Um, I guess the te- technically the rate was locked in at the end of 2020. I got a 3.5 percent uh 30 year mortgage, and I don't know if that if those numbers make sense and correlate over into the UK. Oh, that's what's about half. And you got we had a promise to call Liz Truss. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it, 
no, no. She went. She went up to forty nine days. It was great. <laughs> yeah, she was like very fast about this, wasn't she? Yeah, but but yeah. but really but in, the, in that short amount of time, she really fucked some shit up. Yeah, she was really <laughs> moving she really fast. Did her job. Yeah. Um, so I'm mainlining the Tory party. <laughs> Uh, speed running poverty um yeah. But, but yeah no yeah. in in the u.s it's like if you had like somewhere between seven and eight percent you would be lucky um like that would be a, that would be good what we have now things were oh, things, wow. have, things have probably settled down a little bit but um and here's my pro tip to you which i'm sure you have heard from other people um if you have the ability to do so even adding a little bit of extra money uh per year or per month uh towards principal makes a huge difference yeah i bet i absolutely bet uh i <laughs> right now i'm not thinking about that stuff yeah i know i get it i totally get it but like for example i've done the, i've done the math so i we we put down an extra $50 a month towards our mortgage to, to go towards principal. So it's only, it's an extra $50. And, and that right now, the, the, it would be, it's saving us basically four and a half years off of our 30 year mortgage. So instead of it being oh, 30 years, it would be 20, 25 and a half, something like that. So for like 25 and a half years instead of 30. That is pretty good. Yeah. So like, even if you can do, and like, honestly, so I don't know what your mortgage situation is like, cause I'm sure that it's totally different in a number of ways. But the way my chip works is that you can set it up to, uh, go, you can add it, say automatically take X dollars out extra every month. Or if you just have a little bonus and you want to throw it towards your, uh, towards your, um, uh, your principal, you can just say, yeah, I have a hundred bucks. Here you go. Toss that towards my principal. So you, so at least, at least here, that's an option. I, I can't speak to how British loans work. Hey, nor can I, uh, I'm sure in game of the year 2024, yeah. I'll have all the ghosts. What's your favorite thing about your house? What's the, what's the, what's the neatest thing besides having a house? Because that's obviously the thing. I would say probably the enchanted wizard's door that is, uh, this massive wooden, door with a big bolt on it that leads into the dining room and i don't know i don't know why we have a big massive heavy wooden arched door with a big bolt on it into the dining room i don't know why it's painted in gold leaf uh it's just weird it's probably not Mm. gold leaf it's probably just gold paint but Mm. yeah but also what if it was gold leaf yeah man yeah and like they they sold it thinking oh this is just some bullshit but then you get it and you're like hell yeah now i I can sell this (laughs) door and make all my money back yeah i'm gonna take i'm gonna take 20 years off my mortgage with this baby Lawson, what's your favorite part of your house do you have a cool thing in your house Mm, well my favorite thing about my house is that it has a carport so i i think it's like the perfect it's the perfect compromise between nowhere to put your car except a driveway and a full-on garage because the carport because if i had a garage I would fill it with stuff that's not a car. And that is just the garbage that I need to store somewhere. Like, not literal garbage, but all the junk that I need to put somewhere. Because there's always too much stuff. Um, but yeah, because, that's a problem. But because it's a carport, there's space, and you put the car there, so, like, when it snows... It, uh, it, it keeps the snow from accumulating on your car, so you don't have to dig all the fucking snow off your car. That does sound good. Carport's great. I would recommend it to anybody. Well, to be quite honest with you, I 
have a two-car garage. And it's filled with shit? awesome, and it's not full of shit. It's full of cars. Okay. Well, see, good for you. I don't think I would have that self-control. See, the the problem is the the thing that you mentioned, that people fill their garages with shit instead of uh, cars. And this is why the the, the street that I live on, um, I think you you guys saw on Google Maps how how it looks like. It's like a tiny little cul-de-sac, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's full of cars, and uh, people can't get to their houses because so many cars now mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's annoying as hell yeah annoying also I, I so rob do you have do you have off I, I know that you i know that you don't drive but do you have off street parking available rob he said he's going to be be right back oh, okay oh, okay well but in the meantime um let me tell you what is my favorite part of the house okay what's your favorite part which is answer the question that you asked me okay it's my bathroom. <laughs> okay, what's cool about your bathroom? I designed it myself. I picked the colors, I picked the layout, and uh, the um, uh, apply not appliances, appliances are in the kitchen. What Toilet in and the bath. bath and stuff like that. Yeah, all, all of that. The fixtures. And it has a bidet. Oh, hell yeah. And, and it's not the, the, the blue attachment, it's mm. standalone. So is are bidets not common in Poland? Um, it's it's pretty common actually. Uh, but uh, well, people know what to do with it, but no, not everybody has it. You yeah, know, it's not not like in I don't know India or Middle East. But yeah, we 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 consider it. Um, not not luxury, but like a nice th- a nice thing to have. A very nice thing to have. Yeah. Yes, I mean it sounds and great. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, if 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 I could just snap my fingers and have one, and not have to deal with the plumbing required to do it, I would do mm-hmm. it. I would do it, but I don't like it. Would it would take for the bathroom to need to be redone, or I'd, or me having to like get the toilet replaced for me to do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it while the toilet itself works fine. Oh yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I uh, I would consider. The, the attach- attachment mm. but doesn't don't you have to deal with the plumbing don't you have to like run water to it i i don't know but i hear mm-hmm. i hear so don't don't hold me to this mm-hmm. that it's uh actually pretty simple to install okay. uh, just uh, like a spray attachment to mm-hmm. the glue itself seems, but, seems but useful since mine is standalone yeah uh my, my boyfriend during summer likes to wash his feet in it yeah that makes sense i i def there are definitely moments yeah. like when like i would use in the because I, I have like a a shower slash tub situation there are definitely times when i need to like wash off um like specifically if i mow um not necessarily my feet but like my ankles will get a lot of uh like grass and stuff on them and yeah. I'll, wa- I'll wash off in the tub there so yeah having it's, a having a bidet i think would probably make that easy too it you know? is very convenient on multiple fronts also my my bathroom is uh gray uh, and um has all, all sorts of uh, sizes of the tiles and in multiple shades of gray mm. and a big bath with uh, water jets. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing for when it's like it's and, and it has a window and I love that. That's pretty good. My, because it, it can be get get a little dewy in bathroom that, that don't have that. You know? Yeah, I, so I, I I've seen pictures of this house. It used to have a, a window in the bathroom, but the window was in the shower. And they okay. have they have since redone it, so there's no window in there. But I I, uh. I think I prefer it because my my shower faces the street. So the idea <laughs> of me showering and there being people on the street being able to like peep in while I'm showering would be weird. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's cool. Was it was it a big window though? Because if no, it's, it's like a little tiny. window. Okay. Well. 
And whatever, I didn't have an option. It was done before I bought the house. Mm, yeah, I see. Um, Rob, you posted a, a a picture of the door. That does properly look like um, something that would be in like a, a British children's story, like like <laughs> some some sort of like a Narnia type shit. Yeah, there is a there's a whole dimension behind there, uh, but we we don't like to talk about that because of the things that come out of it. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, I have an I have a, an attic, and uh, I just try to think. I just try to pretend that it doesn't exist because every time I think about it, I get wigged out a little bit. I don't want to think about yeah. it. Yeah, um, we've got we've why? got a loft conversion, but there is a small there's a small hole into the rafters that I don't want to think about. No. I don't I don't know who's there. I don't want to meet. It's none of my business, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> darling will sometimes look at the ceiling as if she can hear things that are going on that we can't, and I'm like, darling, you better fucking mind your business. <laughs> um, while you were you you had you had stepped away for a second. I think to grab a picture of the door. Um, but I had asked you, I know that you don't drive, but do you have at your house, do you have off, off street parking? Uh, yeah, we've got enough. Like there's, uh, there's a place that a car could be. Yeah. If they were visiting. Yeah. Because that's the thing. And like, is, is your street totally fucked? Like, is it hard to get parking on your street? It's a little bit tricky. Yeah. 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 See, that's the thing that's, that, that is nice is having a place where it's like, if somebody is coming to be like, you will have parking, you will not have to like fight for a half hour to try to find a place to put your car <laughs> but i don't know i don't i don't know maybe not maybe nobody you know has a car maybe you're that metropolitan uh we've i i i i mingle with the car people sometimes the disgusting disgusting car people um yeah. game of the year um i have 10 uh, 10 games of the year of 2023 and a a little bonus one uh, an honorable mention rob how many games do you have i have played five games that were released this year this year so th- these aren't these aren't your game of the year these are games that existed that you played <laughs> in 2023 but spoiler alert i think they're all pretty good okay that's well that's good um but one of one of them wasn't <laughs> would they still be on the list technically uh yeah yeah probably like well sneaks in uh laughlin yeah. do you have mm-hmm. more than one game on your game of the year list yes how many games i have i have four okay okay so i will go through my 10 through six and then we'll start we'll start rotating uh, my number 10 game of 2023 is The Expanse, uh, which is put out under the Telltale, the Corpse of Telltale's name. Um, however, they, Telltale, or whatever is the remnant thereof, is not the primary developer of this Telltale-style game. Um, the primary developer is Deck Nine, and these are the people who made Life is Strange Before the Storm, uh, and they made Life is Strange True Colors, some of the best of the Life is Stranges. I, I like them quite a bit. Um, so they, they made this. This is a... Basically, like a prequel uh, to the Expanse, uh, so I think this is ties most directly to the TV show, which was on Sci-Fi and then on Amazon, and then it's not on anything anymore. Um, and then also, like, which is like an adaptation of the novel series, The Expanse. Um, and I, I'm a fan of The Expanse. I like The Expanse, both the books and the the TV show. Um, even though I've, I've not completed either, but I, I do like them. 
Um, and so this is like a prequel of one of the. It's not. It's not even like like a the like a main character, but like you know a substantial character, Kamina Drummer. Um, this is kind of like uh, her backstory, basically told over five episodes of a Telltale style game. It's not super long. You know, it's like six, seven, eight hours, something like some, something along those lines, depending on how deep you want to go. Um, it's it's handled really well. I think that it's a great it's a great setting to tell stories uh, in video games and. Uh, I don't know how well it did. It's kind of like hard to tell unless unless the company actually like says the like this did great or like oh we fired everybody. <laughs> like it's hard to really get a get a sense on how well it did. But I, I hope to see more uh, expanse stuff. I hope that like maybe there's other games that can be made in the expanse universe because it's a it's a cool it's a very cool setting that I that I enjoy wholeheartedly and I would recommend uh, if anybody wants to like just if I think it's on. I think Amazon has all of the seasons that you can do. Um, and also you could just, you know, go to the library, get, read a book. It's not, won't cost you anything except your tax dollars. Uh, my number nine is Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. This is the follow up to 20, uh, I think it's like 2015's Oxenfree 1. Yes. It's, oh, it's, it's old. It's pretty, it's pretty long ago. Um, Oxenfree 1 was like kind of like teen, t- spooky teens. Spoopy teens, if you will. And mind you, so like, it was a spooky teen, uh, kind of like drama type game. And then it came out before, um, Stranger Things came out. Like, came out like, like six months or something before Stranger Things came out. So it's not a huge surprise that the folks, the night school, stu- night school studio who made that game got bought by Netflix. So it's like officially Netflix is put, has put it out. Um, this one still has some teen stuff in going on, like kind of more in the background, but this is a game that is clearly like, these people have aged in their life and they're, they're telling a story about like regret and like generational trauma and like what it means to be a parent when your, your parents weren't great. Um, like <laughs> what is it, what does it mean for you to be a parent when you have that kind of like trauma in your background? And obviously it's dealing with like spooky shit and you're, you're dialing in a radio to specific frequencies to deal with ghosts and alternate timelines and shit. Um, so it has so much of, of like the, the trappings and it connects to the story of the original game, but it is, I would say tonally pretty different. Um, it, it, what it, what it cares about, I think is pretty different. And I think that if you're, it, it kind of does the life is strange one to two thing where like there are definitely elements that are shared between the first and second game, but what is focused on or like what they, what, what the storytelling really cares about is pretty different between the two games. So <coughs> if you really like Oxenfree one, I can understand, Hey, maybe Oxenfree two just didn't hit for you. Um, because it's like, because it's dealing with like slightly different topics, even though the like there's overlap it's not like it's not like two different circles in the venn diagram there's there's plenty of overlap but definitely it has shifted focus on what it what it wants to really like what it's engaging with topically so um i understand if if people it didn't it doesn't seem to do like it, it wasn't in the discourse in the same way that the first game was but um i like it oxford 2 lost signals pretty darn good it's also it's on 
I played it on PS5, but I think it's on uh, devices too, like tablets and stuff. So that's cool. Um, Does Oxen Free One still hold up? Would you say? Yeah, it's cool and it's short. Also, I think the thing is like short games are rad, and and it's a it's one of those games that has multiple endings that are reasonable to play through because the game isn't super long. It's like five hours long. <laughs> so, like, if you want to hit multiple endings, you can, and you don't feel like you have to grind out a fucking 50-hour game. Like, I know, I know, like, um, like, The Witcher, for example, has multiple endings, and, like, that's cool that it exists, like, The Witcher 3, but I don't think very many people are like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start a whole new character and try to get a different <laughs> ending, like, okay, well, that's, like, 80 hours of video game. So probably not. Um, but no, it's cool. Uh, I would say, yeah, especially, especially cause like that, that game has been on sale so many times. In fact, shit, you might have it from a bundle somewhere. <laughs> you check under yeah, your, very possibly actually. Check under your yeah. seat. You might have a, a copy of Oxen Free. <laughs> Uh, my number eight is Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. This is a, uh, this is a David Gator joint. He, he, uh, joined the team this, so he, obviously David Gator, best known for, uh, his work at Bioware. He was kind of like the lead writer on the Dragon Age games, um, th- from the beginning through, uh, Dragon Age 3, um, Inquisition. And then he also worked on, you know, like some of the, the, um, Baldur's Gate games. He worked on KOTOR. He is a well-known writer in Bioware, um, he moved to Australia and the Summerfall Studios is the, is the studio that did this. And they, I think, I'm pretty sure they kickstarted it. They, they definitely have crowdfunded it, but it might be, it might be Fig or whatever. They did one, they did one of the crowdfundings to fit, to fund this game. Um, and it is a, you, you know, the, it's based on some like Greek god, Greek mythology stuff, but in a modern day setting. So you have these like archetypes from these Greek gods and you, Kind of like the main character is a normie who is then like thrust into modern day Greek god archetype bullshit. And, and they're singing the entire time. Like they're, you know, they're doing, there are regular song breaks like you would in, in a musical on stage or in a movie or something like that. So, um, I don't think that like the, <clears throat> I don't, I think a hundred percent of the musical writing lands for me. I don't think that it is like a perfect musical, but I do think that it is extremely cool that it is a musical. I would love way more musical games, like th- things, not just a music game, but a, a musical game, I think is, is a neat thing to do. And I would like more of those. Um, I think the, char- the character writing is pretty fucking solid. Um, I, I enjoyed my time spent with it. Again, it's not super long. It's probably like seven hours long. Um, it, it was neat. I'm very glad I played it. I'm glad it came out. Um, and I just, I, th- I think that like I played the demo of it when it when they released it. I think it was like one of those like Steam Summer Fest, whatever the fuck. They put out a demo, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I love this. And then I did play the whole game, and I think it's way stronger than that first like whatever thirty minutes or whatever the demo has. Um, I think it's a lot stronger than that opening. So thumbs up. I like I like Straight Gods. Good good on David Gator for for getting a cool weird writing position uh with with uh summer fall studios um i don't know rob what are your thoughts on musicals uh, i do not have strong thoughts on musicals i feel like it's one of those things of as i'm aware that there's this whole subculture having under and i'm just like i i do not have time to is this it's like it's like going in theater it's mm-hmm. i'm sure there's something interesting there mm. <laughs> or or something kelly what about you lawson you have 
you like musicals? Do you hate musicals? Um, it really depends on the musical. Mm-hmm. Really, I, on principle, in mm-hmm. general, I do like musicals. Uh, however, uh, there's been some duds lately that I was not a fan of. What's so... a dud? Name a dud. Name and shame. Dear Evan Hansen. Oh yeah, people hate that that film adaptation. Film adaptation, yeah. I am also not a fan of how the whole thing was handled in the musical itself. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Um, I took my wife as an early Christmas present in I think November. I took her and we saw we went and saw um uh, uh what the fuck is it called Wicked uh in Philadelphia. Oh, Wicked is fantastic. It's, it was a very fun show. I was kind of shocked at how uh how compressed the storytelling is because they they fit they fit a lot like it's from a novel and they fit like a lot of stuff in in a really short amount of time and there's not not a lot of not a lot of breathing room in that in that play. Also there was this 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 one what what was what was the fuck it called like Punk Cinderella or something like that. Mm, oh mm. my god it was such a terrible shit. So shit. It, even the songs were bad. Ah, uh, no. I like oh I like God. musicals. Probably my favorite musical is Guys and Dolls. I really like Guys and Dolls. Um, it's a uh, it's an oldie but a goodie, as they say. Um, my number seven pick is Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, I think that there is a lot of people who are not thrilled about the current state of Final Fantasy because those people really like the kind of like old style role playing that Final Fantasy has been known for, um, where like things that are turn based or at least, at least like partially turn based, um, that are much more like, I think people think of them as much more strategic. <clears throat> for me, I think a Final Fantasy 16 is be, so like, it's, it's much more action focused. It is, the way that you kind of like interface with so much of the game is much more akin to like a, a, a Devil May Cry or a God of War, um, a kind of like a character action game is, is kind of closer to how, <clears throat> how this plays or controls. Um, I will say that I think having recently played the original PlayStation version of, uh, Final Fantasy VII, that I think that this very cinematic, very bombastic version of Final Fantasy, I think fits a lot of, like, the direction that they clearly wanted to go, even as reaching far back as, like, the PlayStation days and the, the mid to late 90s. I think that, like, this is, this is an unsurprising direction for me. The, like, the way that I see what they were doing in Final Fantasy for the last, you know, decades. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think that I, so I like the way that it played. I think that there is like a lot of really, <clears throat> it, it, it go, it gets by with a lot of like the really big, like set pieces for like there there's like two really big boss fights that I think are just really fucking fantastic that are just like they stand out where even if like I think that it would be like worth showing you to the two boss fights like just like YouTube videos of those two things like here here watch like seven minutes of this boss fight because it's so fucking cool looking and and how it plays out I think is really worth experiencing um and <clears throat> the other thing about it that I think every every video game from like here on out needs to steal is at any point during any cutscene you press a button and it brings up a basically like a dynamic codex 
that is like, here's the stuff that we're talking about. Here's like a brief information about all you, uh, what you need to know about the things that we're talking about and who is on screen. And I'm oh, like, fantastic. oh, it's awesome. And every fucking video game, every like story based video game needs to steal that shit immediately. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that. It's really, really good. And it's really well executed. So like, it's a great idea with great execution. So like, huge thumbs up on that. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, not not a perfect game, but I think it's a pretty fucking good game. Um, I, I'm a fan of it, to be honest. Rob, have you ever played a Final Fantasy? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm still uh, eyeing up vaguely that Final Fantasy VII remake thing, which is still half-finished. Um, because, yeah, I remember you really liked that. I remember like, it, it, it looks good. I think they would genuinely be good. Uh, but no, it, it, it's, it's, it's bypassed me largely. Yeah, I do think that you would probably enjoy the remake, and also because the first part has, is old, I'm sure you can also get it exceedingly cheap. The second part of that remake trilogy, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, launches next month in February. Oh, is it a three-part? Man, yeah, it's three parts. It two. Um, nope. Okay, change my mind, maybe that's too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fair. However, I will say, the if you did ever, like, for example, find that first game on the cheap it's Mm. not super long it's like a 20 hour game and i and it is fairly self-contained like hey it sets up what the rest of the the, of the series is going to be but like it tells a story right so if you if you if you punched out from there you'd be like yeah okay and then they went on and did stuff i was picturing like a trilogy of witcher threes and i'm like absolutely not no 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 it's like it's like 20 somewhere between 20 and 25 hours doing like the mainline stuff and then maybe like f- somewhere between five and ten extra hours if you did a bunch of side stuff. That is acceptable. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool game. I I I, I like that Final Fan that Final Fantasy VII remake that that first one. I like it more than I like Final Fantasy sixteen. I would say of the games that are <clears throat> that are kind of like announced for twenty twenty four, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the second part in that trilogy, is probably the thing that I'm the most excited to play. Um, there's some there's some games there are some fucking games that are coming out um that i think i'm i'm relatively excited about but that's probably number one with a with a bullet um laughlin did you ever play you never play uh final fantasy yeah i i did play the the older ones uh seven and eight Uh (laughs) yeah Yeah. the the really older ones i am not really a fan this is um it is weird Especially with the with the um, uh, re-releases these days, mm-hmm. when they with the super extra HD um, yeah. versions, and then remembering how creepy and absolutely weird those things were. They are creepy <laughs> and they are weird. I will give you that. Yeah, you know, and there's this like 16 year old girl who insists who is an assassin ninja, and and oh yeah, she she insists that I am a big girl do a bunch of fucking sex crimes. Come on! I don't know if they're sex criminals. Let's not. It's, it's a rape gang. Rape gang. Oh, I don't know. I I would have to look into the into the original Japanese text. I don't know if that's true, but um, it they're weird and creepy. I will I will absolutely say. Um, I will say they did some stuff in the remakes that have modernized things to a to a modern palette. Like uh, infamously, there is a cloud dressing up as a um as a woman um to fool a character in the original game and the, instead of instead of just saying we're just not going to do that they leaned really hard into it and have like a really ornate like very um 
positive and cool sequence about Cloud dressing up in drag. And it's it's way better. It's so much better than it anybody expected it to be, is what I'll say. Um That must be a huge relief. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's like, well, there's a thing here. And like I will say, like that whole sequence very much plays in the in the original game. It very much plays with the threat of sexual violence. Now, it's not nothing happens. They don't do the sexual violence, but there it, there is absolutely I would say I would say it's not even an implied threat. I think it's like an explicit threat of sexual violence. Yeah, yeah. Um that is like that is gross and they they handle it a lot better in the modern games. What what do you mean rape jokes are funny, right? It, I right? mean, yeah, it's it it was it's weird and i think that like the especially the way it was handled the, so i think that some of it is like the sexual st- like threat from the villain is played as serious for the women for tifa and Aerith. But then is played as a joke for Cloud because Cloud is in drag. And I think that is makes it even weirder, which is not to say that like there isn't weird and not great stuff to begin with. But then you add in making a joke about it, like making it silly, I think makes it worse in those original games. Absolutely. And they handle it a lot more competently in the modern, the modern versions, which is for the best of everyone, I must say. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fair enough, but it's still... I don't remember, I don't remember Yuffie ever having, there being, like, sexual violence or, like, sexual assault being implied for that. But maybe. So, well, this is how I took it. May, I mean, like, it's, po- listen, it's not, I'm not saying that, like, it's impossible that that happened. I just don't remember Yuffie ever being, it being, like, uh, there being um, threats of, of that happening to Yuffie. But definitely, other parts of that game are problematic, to be sure. Uh, the, uh, like, like I said, this is how I took it, my. Yeah. be my I don't know yeah and also it, like different languages I'm sure like where you pl- I mean, you might have been playing a different were you playing no, on PC uh, probably because I think the PC yeah, so I think the PC translation is different than the PS1 translation Jesus Christ yeah it's fucked You're up mine. so like it's certainly possible that there are some versions of it that are worse than others. That that definitely could be the case. Nice. Um, I, 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 but that doesn't stick out in my memory because, like, there are there are other things that definitely stick out in my memory as being like, oh, no, no, about this. Um, okay, but we we agree that it's weird, right? Oh yeah, no, there are problems. There are problems in that game. I don't remember UFA being part of it. Um, number six is Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Um, if you'll remember back the year that Breath of the Wild came out, it very barely <laughs> made my top 10 list. Um, not because I think that it's a bad game, because I don't think that it's a bad game. I think that it's a good game. But I think I was really disappointed in it in the moment because it's not the Zelda that like tickles my particular fancy, that, that does the thing that I love that, you know, like from, <sighs> Many years from like decades and decades of, of loving Zelda, it, it go, it kind of like leans away from some of those things to become its own thing. And I think the thing that it became is totally fine. Um, but it's just not, it's just no longer the thing that I really, really loved. And Breath of the, I'm sorry. So Breath of the Wild, like good, but I had problems with it or like kind of like conceptual problems with it. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, I think, is better in pretty much every way, with the sole exception of 
it's very derivative because it's like it's it's it is a direct sequel. It is hey, we made this game. How can we make another game with these bones? <clears throat> you know, how can we tweak this? What can we do to? Uh, make this more interesting and more playable, things like that. Um, so I think that it is like across the board improvements, but it does inherently lack some novelty because all of that novelty was in Breath of the Wild or not all of it, but a huge portion of it was. Um, I'm sure Rob that you will have more to say about it, um, later in the podcast. So I will not, I will not, I will not go on further than that. But, uh, number six, I think is not bad considering that, considering the Breath of the Wild barely made my top 10 in that year. I think Tears of the Kingdom being number six is, is a, is saying that they have made some significant improvements. Yeah, and I remember 2017 being a pretty stacked year, and uh, 2023 was also a pretty stacked year. So. They're both really, really big years for video games. Yeah. Com- yeah. Um, so, okay, five. Rob, you have a number five. What's your number five video game of, of uh, 2023? Uh, my number five video game of 2023 is Hi-Fi Rush. Okay, so this is, this is the... Um, Oh, what the hell is the not arcane? This is um, this is the Shinji Mikami studio. What is the what's their called? I don't I don't know. I feel like it's published by Bethesda or something. So yeah, Bethesda owns them, but it is um, it's the Shinji Mikami studio that did Ghostwire Tokyo, Tango GameWorks. Yeah, yeah, Tango GameWorks is 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 the studio that developed it. They are they are owned by Bethesda, which is owned by Microsoft. So it is it is a Microsoft first party game. Hey, yeah, and it's one of those ones that just turned up out of nowhere, and everyone's like oh this game's pretty cool and i played a little bit of it and i was like yeah this is pretty cool um so yeah you're running around having to play uh it's, it's like a fighting game like a devil may cry type of thing which i already really liked uh combined with a music rhythm game um and there's like some weird platforming sections in the middle as well which are uh Fine. So yeah. I really like the vibe of Hi-Fi Rush. I really like that it's very, very different to uh, just in visual style than a lot of games that are out at the moment. Like I think there's, there's been a um, there was that game that came out this year that was deliberately riffing on uh, Jet Set Radio. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, uh, I know what you're Cyberfunk. talking about. Where it it is it is like it is saying like hey we are a spiritual successor to to yeah and my memory was everyone being really really hyped for that game and then it coming out and people being like yeah it's just it's, it's a bit like jet set radio um whereas i get like this to me has the color palette and it has like the uh the fun vibe of that kind of game whereas it's going to do something completely different which i think is uh it's cooler i think that's that's that's, that's i mean it's the one that i played out of two um bomb um, rush Cyberfunk. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Bomber Cyberfunk. Um, I will say, I do feel like my enjoyment of this one was hampered by playing it with a mouse and keyboard mm-hmm. because I could not connect my uh, could not work out how to connect my controller to the, uh, the computer. I bought multiple cables. None of them worked. Really? Very, you couldn't even do it yeah. wired? No, correct. Yeah, it wouldn't. Uh, that's fucked even, up. Yeah. Because I, I Bluetooth I, is a miserable. It, like, the answer for Bluetooth in like if you if you make a thing like if you make a, a box or whatever and you say 
we're going to work with these set things, then it's fine. Like, we're, yeah. we made the Xbox. This will work whenever you p- try to connect wirelessly an Xbox controller. It works fine. When you're dealing with a computer that has all sorts of fucked up different Bluetooth chips, it's just a nightmare. Getting getting controllers working uh, on, like, computers wirelessly sucks so much ass. Yeah. So, I, I guess maybe the reason there's maybe a five rather than higher is somewhat tied up in the fact that I've spent quite a lot of time trying to get it work. Wasn't getting the full use of it. Equally, I didn't love the platform elements. I never yeah. felt like I had that moment where it all locked in, um, which might have been just around the corner had I been playing with a. How did you? So, so the the interesting thing, or one of the interesting things about this game, is that every single thing you do, like every hit you make lands on a beat yes. and the closer you can get to like pressing the button on the beat and you know obviously that makes it's easy when it's one button but it's more complicated when you're yeah. trying to press a bunch of different shit um the closer you get to landing things perfectly on the beat the better you're going to do how did you feel about that um and do you feel like you were able to execute on that or did you feel like you ended up just being like well it'll it'll hit eventually it's a little bit of a double-edged sword i was certainly always trying to because when it locked in it feels very very good uh the, the corollary to that is when it's not locked in oh god i'm just going around punching the robots and all the robots are getting hit as much as i want them to yeah. um but man it's like it, it does the i think it's i think the timing is permissive enough that you can usually at least do pretty dang well yeah uh and it's, and there are there are like accessibility things where you can like widen the window and things like that yeah yeah and i seem to remember that i had the thing where i was able to calibrate at the start of the game to go like so it was compensating for any input layering yeah like that, which is really sensible yeah it, it, um, it totally wouldn't work if it didn't do that because tvs yeah. are so wildly different in ha- what their input delay is like exactly yeah and they generally did a good enough job of making like the positive feedback for when things are going really well <laughs> Uh, enticing enough that I I never gave up. There was never any point where I was going. Oh well, I'll just play for these robots, and if it's uh, if it's out of sync, then so be it. Uh, but yeah, again, I I. <sighs> I really want to play it with a controller. I feel like I'd have a completely different experience. I feel like I'd probably finish the game this year if I had done. Yeah. Do you think do you think that you'll end up with like an Xbox Series S at some point? Or you think you're just like so like out of the game that that's not even in a consideration? I don't I don't know why I would at the moment. I don't see anything on the horizon that's making me go I would like to be playing this mm-hmm. in my living room. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, like if you're not if you're not in if you're not in the the thing why spend the money um i will say uh xbox is not uh, so xbox is fine in like a core business thing because there's other stuff going on at microsoft but in terms of selling consoles it is they're in an abysmal state like the switch like seven plus years in is outselling in even like the uk numbers weirdly like the uk is one of the best places to get uh sales numbers from um and the UK, compared to the rest of Europe, which is kind of considered like a, a Sony hotbed, but UK is like a weird Xbox, uh. Enclave, yeah. Yeah. Has, it has been, it's not doing great. The X, this, this, these, this, uh, the Series X and S are not doing super great in the, in the UK. Well, I can give them some tips on fucking branding if they want them. Yeah. Seriously, it's not, it's, it's some pretty abysmal branding. But you know, it's a Microsoft, they're Megacorp, so like they're fine in other ways, but just on in the raw selling consoles spot, not not great. Ah, um who who can think why? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Hi-Fi Rush, um, it's, it's, so it's not like my type of game, but man, is it cool that it come, that it came out. Like that, that thing exists. Yeah, totally. And is, is, is just the right combination of A, my type of game, B, cool that it came out and C, it kind of came out at a very convenient time of year. Is, is, I'm just checking. It says January 25th. No, it was, yeah, announced and released worldwide simultaneously yeah. on January 25th. I, I kind yeah. of wish, so like there has been some stuff that has come out in like the recent weeks, like couple, like literally like the last like one to two weeks about being like the folks from, from Tango being like, yeah, we wanted them, we wanted Microsoft to like announce that game like sometime before it came out and they just didn't do it. So here we go. Um, which I think that like there definitely is a, a something that happens when you announce your game way, way too early. And then there's yeah. like, uh, which is a problem, but I do think probably, Hey, give it a couple months so that there is some amount of like people know that your game exists. Yeah. It's weird. People seem to generally quite like the shadow drop thing, but, uh, I, I wonder if they were just drawn in by the whimsy. Well, but the thing is like, those are people that are already in like the gaming sphere that know shit. That's true. What about like normies that don't follow fucking like video game announcements? Yes, that's very Like, fair. what are you going to, how about you run some fucking ads on during football <laughs> games or whatever? Like, come on. Um, no, it's cool. That, that's a cool game. And I think that like it, not only did it like, was it a cool game that was received really well? Um, it also did like, it, it did surprisingly well in terms of like general, like end of year award stuff. Like it, it got, it got a, quite a few like nominations and wins in people really think that that game is really really good well number five game of the year from old rob webster is the next trophy on this cabinet pretty good um my number five is goodbye volcano high um so this is a game that is uh, like it is part visual novel in the in like in structure However, it's like fully animated and voice acted. So like most visual novels, um, they can have voice acting, but most visual novels have like, um, they're, they're, it's static imagery and like it will do very, very, very light animations. But this is like fully animated in the way or, or, or much closer to fully animated in the way that you would have in like a cartoon. Um, and the other part of the game is it's also like a rhythm game because the your main character is a musician and you're trying to like do to make music and like become like a go like a like a battle of the bands type thing is a huge part of of the story and so you're doing rhythm you're basically doing a rhythm game in 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 portions of the game so it's also kind of a musical but not musical in the same way as like a like a stage musical um and the overarching plot of it is hey there's a meteor is going to destroy the this dinosaur civilization because it's earth and dinosaurs get fucked up etc cetera, etc cetera. um but this is like a late high schooler like somebody who's like 18 uh, like about to graduate from high school and like trying to like understand what they really want from adult from like early adulthood um like understanding creativity becoming like actually like finding your voice and creativity and not just like hey i can make music but like what kind of music do i actually want to do what am i trying to achieve things like that Uh, i think that those that stuff resonates pretty well um i think that if i was if i was like a decade younger it would resonate even harder but even in my uh (laughs) 
advanced age. I think it worked really well. Um, from co-op, uh, which is a, a, a Canadian co-op developer. So like they're literally like everybody in the, the company makes the same amount of money. Everybody has the same, uh, say in, in business decisions and things like that. Um, which I think is pretty fucking cool and is like a good, uh, path for like, you know, obviously like when, <laughs> if you're at the scale of Ubisoft that, and you have thousands, like, like literally like tens of thousands of employees that doesn't, work super well but for small developers um i think that co-op models are really fucking cool so good on them for being cool and making cool stuff that's my number that's my number five game of of 2023 rob what's your what's your number four game oh crumbs my number four game uh oh i need to i need to pick one here i'm going to say persona 5 tactica okay i didn't even know if you were going to play it or not yeah i got it for christmas uh so i have played about 10 hours of it something like that i've played a decent amount of it i'm a little way into it uh yeah i like tactics games i like persona 5 games uh wow together at last who'd have thought um so what's the way of describing so basically it's like what if mario and rabbids uh had the crazy kids from persona 5 running around uh hitting uh shadowy criminals and the answer is hey it's good (laughs) um the i'd say there's like a really satisfying rhythm to it where um you, you're doing a lot of combo so it's like if a car- if if an enemy is out of cover uh you can hit them and then you can get one more in the same way that you get one more in the persona 5 and then you can like do a sword out attack and you do lots of damage it's just got a really fun way of bringing the mechanics of uh persona 5 and, uh, and like all the the all out attacks into into this uh tactics uh genre it's uh, it's very surprising quite how well uh, the persona 5 like those mechanics have just translated to muso game they've translated to uh a tactics game and i'm like okay that just just works for everything that's good to know i and to some extent it is carried uh just on aesthetic and vibe as well i, I i'd be lying if i said that wasn't part of the reason there but it does deliver it uh they've got they've got a slightly different art style this time it's not got the same um you could mistake this for actually being persona 5 mm-hmm. uh is it chibified the, yeah it's very chibified it's very uh nobody's got noses mm-hmm. um but it's it's, it's it's fun it's got like it still has the i guess not quite punk aesthetic but there's like they've 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 got it's got the cheekiness it's got like the the same it's got a lot of the same appeal as the uh, the Persona Five art mm-hmm. style on the on, for realsies. Um It does feel like the la- like I'm I'm enjoying returning to these characters. They sure don't develop much anymore, which I guess is like yeah, kind of a given. Given that like they they, they I think one of the big appeals of Persona Five was oh you meet your classmates and you're getting to know them and you're exploring their flaws and you're expo- like you're getting to know all sides of them and they will appear to be one thing and then they'll have these extra depths. Whereas now it's like, ah, Futaba's going to say something about the internet. That's her character. Uh, but it's like, it was such a, like, I've played, that's a hundred ga- hundred hour game that I've played through twice now. Yeah. Um, like, it's like, they're like Flanderdized. Like,
like it's like here's here's your here's like the two things that are that people know about you this is what you are and will uh, will always be now yeah it's like it's like a version that's in stasis it's like yeah. there's there's it doesn't have the same responsiveness what it does have is uh, it's got a couple of new characters who are getting the development and who it is more about and it's like there's um there's a character who's a politician um weirdly who is not a fighting member of the group but he's just hanging around um and passing a lot of yeah passing laws wearing one white glove he's having a great time is it michael and, jackson yeah <laughs> um it'll be a heck of a twist if it is <laughs> yeah that would be he's, fucking wild yeah i don't know i've not reached the end yet though so we'll see what happens oh you don't want to go um, into his fucking like dream state or whatever oh oh he's got a massively fucked up mind palace. yeah christ uh, but yeah it's like the the existing characters like things that, like they explore the new characters via oh i had this thing where i was the, the next in line to inherit a company i kind of know how you feel like it's just, they're still they're still putting in the hours and they're putting in the charm um so yeah it's a charming tactics game set in a universe i really like it's got a banging soundtrack it's got lots of weird um so i've just beaten the first boss um, so I've like reached the second chapter of the game or like the second act I guess uh, and I've just been introduced to the boss of the second area man they've got some weird ass designs for mm. uh, <laughs> like the fucked up shadow versions of people um, I, I'm really enjoying all like the aesthetic design and the yeah it's cool what about the like what about the moment to moment like uh, tactics part like is that is it is it fulfilling from like a tactical, like I really love tactics games perspective, or is it like this is competent, but I'm here for the persona? It is satisfying. It is, uh, yeah. Like I, I think Barry and Rabbit is absolutely the touch point in that it doesn't feel sweaty like a tactics game. It's not yeah, like it's that. not hi- it's oh, not hyper complicated. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it feels quite free form. It feels quite. Um, it, it, it very much evokes the thing where the Persona 5 battles, although they're like turn-based RPG battles, you're not really trying to uh, like, you, you're not really expecting the enemies to have a turn if you can help it. You're a bit more trying to find a route through the battle where you don't have to fight too much. And it kind of has a little bit of that where you're trying to find the spot in the cover where you can hit without being hit and that you can hit them all for criticals and then you can do this all out attack. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite it's not loosey-goosey it's it's uh it's very precise you can you can make plans you can um like there's enough tactics that it's got meat to it but it's also it's also a good time feeling tactics game as opposed to this like brutal punishing slog or anything like that it doesn't feel like trench warfare it feels like sneaking around and getting the initiative which i think is really fun yeah and the thing that i I find about tactics games like tactics rpgs versus like more more traditional turn-based rpgs um is i i think that i am more defensive i'm more capable of using defense in tactical games, in, like, tactics-style games, where, like, I'm actively thinking about how to, like, not get hit or to to take less damage um, based on things where a lot of the time in, like, traditional RPGs, um, I, th- there are, there are methods of, of not, get, not, not getting hit or like trying to say like, okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buff these things to not get hit. But I find myself so much more focused on like, 
yeah, I could do that, but what if I could hit harder? What if I did more damage, though? <laughs> if I did more yeah. damage, then it wouldn't be, a, I wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. And uh, like Persona 5 Tactica has got a, um, it's got like a round counter going on. So you get a little bonus if you can do it within six turns, within five turns, within eight turns, it'll tell you at the start of the thing. Um, and I've, like you, I've got a tendency to sometimes just hunker down and be like, right, let's, no casualties here, folks. Whereas I've always wanted the bonuses and this meant that I've been a little bit more, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit more scrappy. And been, What's the meta? Like, what fun. are the bonuses get you? Like, are there things that like, like they're like weapons or like tools you can use in in battles going forward? Oh, is I I couldn't even tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, it's more. I just it's more abstract. At the end, and I feel immense pride. Okay. Okay. So it's 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 much more about I want you like quote unquote like get three stars or whatever on this. Not not a oh man if I do this I get a fucking sick ass pistol. <laughs> yeah. It's the game is going. Oh, I bet you can't do this in eight turns. And I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to do gotcha. this in eight turns. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great. Um, that's cool. I I mean like I'm I, it's it's neat. I I am I am I cannot wait until Persona Six is announced or whatever the fuck they call it. It might not be called persona six yeah but and to see if you're like i'm in or you go i'm all the way out yeah no i'm i'm absolutely because i feel like they cannot they've got to make it pretty different right because if it just felt like oh it's your friend poker and his seven very similar friends with a jazz soundtrack like persona 5 was quite different to the previous persona games and i i'd want it to be different um as opposed to just feeling like oh we have persona 5 at home kind of version of persona 6 <laughs> you're uh, like a third playthrough of persona yeah yeah but yeah i'm i'm absolutely itching to see what they do with it now because it is it's it, god that game's old yep i mean also the fucking wild thing is like persona 4 came out on the ps2 yeah yeah they do take their time they, it, it is a lot they do they and then they milk it They're like listen man we made all this key art we're getting the most yeah. out of our shit we possibly can we're gonna make a dancing game enjoy yep. uh uh, Laughlin, what is your number four game of 2023? Number four, by the virtue of being released in 2023, and me playing it is Assassin's Creed Mirage. How, how was that? It was not great. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the general thing. Where, like, there are people. There, listen, there are people who like it, but uh, it doesn't seem to be setting the world on fire. I, I did oh. not even know there was an Assassin's Creed game out this year. Yeah, because it's not a, it's not, it's not a full game. It's like one of those half step games where like it is not yeah. full price it's not like a it's not a full sized thing it's a much more it's more tradition it, it's them like throwing back to like ac1 a little bit and it's um like no one asked for this no one needed this they are falling back into their old patterns of just like releasing the the jazz creed again and again every year and it it did not do good it 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 was so bad that they stopped for a bit and then they released um, what was this origins first yeah they really they after they, a couple of yeah. years and that was amazing it was great and then odyssey was um, I think the, the pinnacle yeah. of Astrid. So yeah, it they, it can be done. This was unneeded, unnecessary, and kind of shit. Yeah, uh, I, I did like the world. Yeah, that's but, I mean that's the core thing. It's the only thing that made me even perk up a little bit. Like I'm not gonna buy this game. I have not bought this game.
game. However, it going back to the Middle East, it's like, it is like the thing that sold me about the very, very first Assassin's Creed game on PlayStation 3 is like, oh man, this game is set in the Middle East during the fucking Crusades. The people never make video games set here. This rules. Um, and then they just yeah, immediately went other places. So the idea of them going back to the Middle East is very cool to me. However, the rest of that game does nothing for me. <laughs> no, no, it was... Uh, seriously, there's not much to talk about regarding yeah. this, except for the fact that it, I mentioned it because I played it and it was released in the, the last in It, last it happened. It came out. It, that's it. Number four. Sorry. Your top four games of the year. Assassin's Creed Mirage. By the virtue of being released in 2023. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, next one is going to be the same. Well, I think yeah. the next one, the, there, there's a couple of things they have, like, kind of, like, announced and, like, we're working on it. And one of them is like kind of like Assassin's Creed as platform, which is like, it's like, what if instead of releasing a new game every time, it's like we release the Assassin's Creed, like the Assassin's Creed like hub app, and then like we release different chapters in the like, so instead of like Origins and Odyssey being different games, they would be like the Origins story that you buy for $40 in the hub app and the Odyssey story you buy for $40 in the hub app. So we'll see. Actually, it's not Please tell me if there's actually anyone who enjoys the, the, the uh, like, contemporary bits of these games. No, I think in the very, very beginning, it had some novelty, but that was a long time ago. And I think that most people would rather them just stay in the, like, to get rid of the, the like, the, the animus stuff entirely. Yeah, yeah, p- please. It's seriously, no one wants this. Why are you feeding this to us? Why? I will say, Odyssey does a cool thing with it, with with Cassandra ex- existing into the current day. It's fucking cool. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool thing. Like, obviously, that is, like, all the five minutes of the game, but it's a pretty cool five minutes of the game. <laughs> okay, fair enough, but still... Why? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Also, that- could, could they maybe they I, I don't know add zombies or something? <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just they just uh, get the Walking Dead license and just slap that on it. Um, my number four game is based on an, <laughs> a a novel. Uh, it's inspired by a novel because it's not it's not fully based on. It's inspired by a novel called The Invincible, and I'm going to say it in the most American English way possible. Stanislaw Lem? Polish name? How bad? Stanisław. How bad? How bad is that? Stanislaw Lem. It okay. was not bad actually. Okay. Stanislaw. Yeah, Stanislaw. Lem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like Americanized, but yeah, very good. Close enough. Um, have you ever read the? The, the novel the invincible um i have to check what it's called in polish but probably i read most of his work um cuz it's, it's, it's you're you're on a you're on there's a it's like necro evolution and the, the a, you're on a planet and you have to deal with this like non-living organism but anyway this is not like a direct adaptation this is like a side adaptation so like it it takes place and the things of the novel happen but you're like a different character than what is in the novel you're not you're like you're happening kind of at the, in the periphery of what happens in the novel itself 
and okay, it, uh, I did read it. Yes. So th- you're 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 not like you're not you wouldn't be experiencing the game like if they had just done a d- very direct adaptation of the novel. But I think that so the, this is I think broadly speaking inspired by walking sims okay. along the lines of like a gone home or more probably even closer to like a uh, everybody's gone to the rapture. However, it does, it does, I think, move very, very much forward in that, like, it isn't, it rejects kind of the, the old timey way of handling things where everybody is gone and you're listening to like audio logs or whatever, or reading notes. You are interacting with like actual living humans that exist in the world. Um, sometimes over the radio, sometimes there are actual legitimate like human beings that you see on the screen and you interact with them. But I do think that this is broadly speaking, like in, in the, like the descent of walking simulators, I think it's handled really well. And what it really makes me want more than anything is like, I want, more like old sci-fi adapted into video games and i don't want it to be like i don't don't want it to be like hey we made an ursula k Le Guin novel a shooter like i obviously don't want that but like thoughtful weird cool indie games using old sci-fi novels as like a jumping off point like i don't i don't need a straight adaptation of like earthsea or some shit but like like here's i'm the left hand of darkness colon the video game uh uh i don't i don't need it to be direct but like there's a lot of really good old sci-fi and i think that if you if people can get those if indie studios can go get those licenses and make cool weird things inspired by those i think it'd be really fucking cool um and so this idea that this 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 is a a team called star ward industries um they're in poland they're 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 a polish studio they're from uh, i think a, a significant number of them are former cd project people um it's a cool game uh i i enjoy it um i i would recommend people give it a try if if any of that sounds cool, exploring a, a kind of like isolated planet um, that then bad shit happens on, um, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking, it's pretty fucking neat. Um, and then presumably it would be in Polish as well. So that's, it's a nice, a nice little treat. Um, yeah, I just checked it is. Cool. Um, Rob, what's your number three game of 2023? My number three game of 2023 is Super Mario Wonder. Okay. Yeah. People, people seem to be generally pretty positive about it. Yeah. It is the good news. I'm one of them. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think what I've been wanting for quite a while is, I don't remember exactly what it was. There was, just a period over the summer where I suddenly got cravings like I just want to play like a really just a chilled out but not too chilled out like a little bit challenging platformer and then they announced Super Mario Wonder maybe two weeks into my hankering and I was like it was just as I was on the precipice of going do I do I use a Nintendo Switch voucher to get a new Super Mario Brothers U and then yeah Super Mario Wonder turned up I was like oh no that looks that looks much much better Um, I will hold off for that. And yeah, it, it, it filled the gap. It absolutely, um, like... I do think that the wonder stuff in the marketing uh, was a little bit overblown. There, there are certainly in the in the first couple of levels, um, there are some big set pieces around the wonder seeds that are a lot of fun. Um, as the game continues, you just go, oh, I'll pick up one seed, see what happens. Cool, I'm a slime thing. This will be a bit of fun. There was always a little bit. It was always it was always a nice moment when you reach the wonder seed and something changes. Um, but yeah, broadly it was a more conventional Mario platform than I expected. Um, but it's, it's nice to see Mario platformers 
being a little bit different, being a little bit quirky, changing up the art style. I was so sick of that art style. For, like, yeah, I think that's pretty much everybody was not was not feeling the new the new Super Mario Brothers. Like, hey, when this came out on the DS, it was cool. We we are now some years away from that. Yeah, and just like Mario as a character had for a while, like I mean, I'm I feel like I've seen those Cooper Troopers, um, those those ugly little Cooper Troopers hanging around for a while. Yeah, going bat all the time. Hate that. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's just nice to have something with a little bit of pizzazz again, a little bit of razzmatazz, um, while also being a proper platformer. I and I did I did. Comp- uh, I mean, there's like a whole bunch of challenges and there's a whole bunch of medals if you're an absolute uh, Super Mario fiend, which I am not. Mm-hmm. But I did complete like the special stage where it's all of the hard levels. And so I've, I've, I've completed every every single level once, which feels pretty good. There's some, there's some tricky stuff at the end of there. Uh, yeah, it was it was nice. There was meaty enough to sink my teeth into, but brief enough uh, that, I, that I never wanted to uh, give up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wish that they had leaned more into give Mario LSD. Yeah, man, he wants it. He clearly wants it. <laughs> let 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 Mario fall into a K hole. Is yeah, what I'm saying. I mean, he's not turned up to work in years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to see what he gets up to. Also, this marks the first time that this is this is a we are now in a post uh, Charles Martinet world. This is not this is a new Mario voice. Did they kill him? Yeah, he's off. Yeah, man. They offed him. <laughs> this is this. Uh, I mean, I would say it's probably uh, less of a less of less jarring than Chris Pratt voicing him. Um, yeah. But yeah, no more, no more Charles Martinet, which is kind of a bummer. It's like an end of an era. It is, yeah, it is the end of an era. It, I also, I, think, go ahead. I was just going to say, I never really liked Mario's Wahoo stuff. Oh, <laughs> the I man seems really nice. Charles himself, lovely um, by all accounts. Uh, oh, I don't like Mario's voice. <laughs> I love how into it that dude was. I love that it's like he comes on an interview and he's like, "I'm here to do the fucking Mario voice." <laughs> Listen yeah, here, everybody. Yeah. We're doing it. it's a me. Um, there are definitely you. You definitely get the feeling there are plenty of voice actors who are just like, I don't want to do the fucking voice. I'm here to talk about this thing I'm doing. I don't want to do. I don't want. I'm not your your dancing chimp. Uh, but he's like, I'm here to dance. <laughs> yeah, no. Charles is, is an absolute delight, and I do agree with you there. I'm, I'm just wait, I'm waiting for the re- gritty reboots of uh, Super Mario. Wait. Luigi, oh, they stole my stars. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. That'd my gabagool. Yeah. Wahoo. <laughs> Wahoo. Um, Laughlin, what is your what is your number three game of 2023? All right, my number three game again by the virtue of being released in this year uh, is uh, actually Starfield. Yeah, that's a game that came out. It is a game that came out, and uh, it was not revolutionary whatsoever. Sorry. No, and I think that there are some in some ways it's kind of a step back because it's not like an open world anymore. It's like you have to go into menus and like warp. You have to like warp in your your. It's like a hub and spoke almost. Uh, it's like it's all of like the openness of like a, a Fallout or a, a, an Elder Scrolls is gone. Not all of it, but a good bit of it is gone. It's like you can't just go. There is no. <clears throat> you see that mountain over there? 
Ukraine <laughs> climate. Um, it's like, no, you see that planet over there? You go into a menu and you can go to that planet. Um, which I think is inherently less exciting. Um, it is I- not exciting at all. And, okay, so the game is pretty and mm-hmm. the soundtrack is nice. And, uh... It is functional. It is probably the least buggy Bethesda game that they have ever released. Um... Yeah, that is possible. That is I will true. give them that. Yeah, that's that's fair. Not many bugs that I encountered. However, uh, eh, that is, that's the, that's uh, your entire that's the your full take is. Uh. Yeah, look, it also had the misfortune of being direct competitor to Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah, which, like, listen, I I think Baldur's Gate 3 is an incredible video game. We will talk more about it later in this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, in fairness to Starfield, Starfield came out and it worked very well. For a Bethesda ba- game. For a Bethesda game. Baldur's Gate 3 came out. It, they made the right decision to come out because, like, uh, they, they, they came out, they did really well, they sold a bunch. All that stuff is true. But it was pretty fucked up bug-wise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, especially, you know what? Maybe we should really talk yeah. about this. Like, we'll we'll wait on it, but like, I I I don't want like I don't love Starfield, but no. I don't want it to I don't want it to be like the full Grant shits on Bethesda because like obviously I do shit on Bethesda <laughs> quite a bit, but like there are things yeah. about it that are not terrible. I just yeah, don't think there are. It, look if um. <laughs> If it came out maybe later or earlier, I probably would consider it better because, I mean, it's a space thing. I like space. Uh, It's pretty enough. Not as buggy as I expected. Uh, It has things going for it. Just, but it just like, like, hold on. Fine, but nothing to write home about. Yeah, much like Ascreed, it's just there and just. It's also kind of wild where it's like they, this is so like, this is a brand new franchise. It's their first new franchise in like a million years. They could have made. Congratulations, I guess. They could have made anything. Like, surely they have the budget to make anything that they wanted. Or, you know, obviously not literally anything, but like video game, in the scope of like video games that exist. They could have made it do anything, and this is what they went with. Like, okay, like, listen, making video games is hard. I don't, I don't want to be too negative, but like, we, you spent all of those resources to make Starfield. Like, okay, sure, Todd. Yeah, it's sad. Rob, did you ever even end up booting it? Uh, booting what? Sorry, Starfield. No, God, no! I didn't buy it. Yeah. Well, you never know because because like Game either. Pass exists, so so you know, like you don't have to necessarily buy games anymore, especially from Microsoft. Oh, would they work on an Xbox One? No. Uh, well, you can stream games. Uh, God, I'm not I'm not going to all that hassle for, for Starfield. <laughs> but no, it does not run locally. You you could you could stream it from their servers, but you could not play it locally on a Xbox One. Right, right. Uh, you could also play it on stream it. Uh, or you could also play it on your PC on Game Pass. You have you have a gaming PC. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm so uninterested. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I listen, man. It's not on my list. <laughs> so spoilers. Um, my number three. What a fucking video game, Alan Wake Two. Holy shit, you guys! That's a cool video game. They, I can't believe that they put out a sequel to Alan Wake, and it's really good. It's the it is. 
I think without any caveats, the best video game that Remedy has ever made. And Remedy has made some pretty fucking good video games. Um, it's the interesting thing about it is, well, like, there's a couple of interesting things about it. They, they, back in Control, when they, when they made Control, they had kind of tied in Alan Wake, the Alan Wake stories in with the control universe. So they're, they are building a, like a singular remedy verse where all of their games, regardless of if they own the rights to them or not, <laughs> are all connected to each other. And especially because of control, where it's, you have this fe- federal bureau of control where like, hey, this is this paranormal, uh, like government entity that deals with weird shit that happens in the world. Um, it allows you to connect that through by using control as this hub of like, hey, there's weird paranormal sh- shit happening everywhere. It allows you to connect everything together in a very like clean way. And I think that's very cool. And they hinted at Alan Wake in the base game. And then they released um, an expansion to Control called AEW, which is like an altered world event. But also, it's the Alan Wake expansion, which featured significant Alan Wake content. And then we got the announcement, Alan Wake 2, the, our, our prayers are answered. Um, there's a significant overlap between Control and Alan Wake 2. I think that, like, you don't have to play Control to play Alan Wake 2. I do think you should probably play Alan Wake 1 if you play Alan Wake 2. Um... But, like, listen, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's, there are some noted characters from Control that will show up in Alan Wake 2 that you will go, I'm glad I played Control before I played this. Um, you're, you, there's two, uh, protagonists. You're not just playing Alan. You're also playing uh, a woman named Saga Anderson. And you would think that, that since this game is called Alan Wake 2, that you would be like, oh man, I love playing Alan Wake and fuck this Saga Anderson person. But no, the, the reality is this is mostly, this is like, I think much better when it is a Saga Anderson game. Uh, she, she steals the show. It's really great. I do, it is, it's a really wonderful story, uh, and with like a very, very fun, intricate gameplay that I, um, adore, and I can't wait for the DLC to come out and I play more Alan Wake 2. I will say, the woman, the actress who plays Saga Anderson, she is speaking in an American accent, kind of like a neutral, generic sounding American accent. And she is a British actress. And most of the time her accent is really good, but there are certain words in which she sounds completely British when she says them. And unfortunately, her last name, Anderson, is one of the words where she sounds British every single time she says it. So she goes, I'm Saga Anderson. And I'm like, oh God, you sound British every time you say your name, which you say a lot in this video game. Um, yeah, man, it's a shame they didn't pick up on that, but. Uh, well, they're finished, right? So. Like, like eh. maybe, maybe, maybe to the Finnish ear, uh, um, the the distinction between Anderson and Anderson doesn't sound that big. Um, but yeah, Alan Wake Two, holy shit! Everybody should play Alan Wake Two. It's real fucking good. I I love I love 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 that game. Um, yeah, I was gonna play it, but it didn't get around to it, which uh, really sucks. Well, I, I bet it it would have been on the list. Yeah. Well, when you, I'm sure you can find it eventually. Sometime this year, you'll find it on sale. Uh, and if you can, I would recommend picking it up. If you can, if you can, if you can snag it, uh, you know, with a discount, I would, I would wholeheartedly recommend you do so. 
Um, yeah, planning on it. Thank you. Number two, Rob. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is. Oh, well, I've not picked which of the two is number two and which is number one yet. I am going to say the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. I am. I am legitimately surprised that this is not number one. Hey, there we go. That it's a spicy number two. Um, oh, gross. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. It's still good. Uh, I. Oh, should it be number one? I don't know. Either way, I've said it now. Um, yeah, I. So I don't think I echo as much of your thoughts on, or the, or the reasons that you were a little bit lukewarm on Breath of the Wild. I certainly remember that by the end of. Um, 2017, I was a little bit like, nah, I think Breath of the Wild ends up at like number four for me. <laughs> and I'd maybe, sorry, putting it, um, I wasn't particularly looking forward to the fact that Zelda was going open world. Like, I, I like Wind Waker, I like Twilight Princess enough, but it was never like one of my main franchises. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going, uh, they're doing an open world version, is it? And in my view, it was a little bit after the horse had bolted with open world. <laughs> like, it's long after you see that mountain, you can climb had transitioned from uh, genuinely interesting to yeah I bet you can cool um, but and yeah I was surprised by how much I enjoyed Breath of the Wild I did I did like it a lot I thought it was a very good version of the game that it was but I was like yeah that's that's, that's good that's that's enough and in, in, the, in the intervening um, what is it seven years something like that yeah six years uh, I don't know however long it took for them to make a second it's like one. six something like six and a half something like that yeah my, it, either way for a as long as it took, just my memories of Breath of the Wild became like a proper nostalgia. The, 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 the way that that game sounds, the way that it looks, the way that it feels like the... There's kind of a... Um, a minimalism to it that reminds me a little bit of like a Ghibli film. It's got that like empty space thing going on that's absolutely delightful and absolutely magical. And I think particularly because um, I started playing it the first time that I went to Japan, um, which is like a really like that's a very particular point in your life to play uh, this weird game that is. Uh, that feels like something that you're exploring like I was I was living in a completely different country as well like when I got back from Japan um, like it was just like representative of felt- a time in your life like a, a something that you can use as like a marker of time that has gone by massively yeah and it felt like something that I wasn't sure if I could go back to and it's start- like coming up to Tears of the Kingdom I was thinking man I really really miss Breath of the Wild more than I <laughs> enjoyed playing it um, and I was just like I really hope that this can live up to it and I think it's a massive 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 uh, endorsement of it it absolutely does I, I like Tears of the Kingdom more than Breath of the Wild I think it's the better game um, I've really enjoyed just taking my time with it this time as I go through stints of playing it for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks playing it like oh, I'll do a couple of hours after work every day and then I'll just let it subside for a little bit and I'm enjoying the journey and I'm enjoying being like in this in this world and this yeah it's absolutely delightful it's just it's a little bit of everything it's gentle it's puzzly it's exciting it's uh, you can feel yourself getting better at the game as you keep playing it there's always things to discover around every corner it's meditative 
it's just an absolutely dang good game and it is a, a refinement i would say it's a it's a perfection of something that i already really liked with breath of the world but i didn't feel it was quite there and now i do feel that it is and um it's 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 such a relief if anything that it's as good and as as is and it feels as good as it does I wish that the that they had gone further with the dungeons. Yeah, I feel like so. I think when I think about the best dungeons in more classic Zelda, I think about how heavily themed they are, and I feel like in this in this era of Zelda, they're not themed as heavily. Which is not to say zero theming. I don't think that there is zero theming, but it's like when I think about like like the forest temple in Ocarina of Time or like I like uh so much of it is like Ocarina of Time <laughs> it's like what if it was like Ocarina of Time and it would be a better game um or like the Kokori the like the although sorry the Korok um uh, like forest in Wind Waker, like the and the fucking like the that weird tower level in Twilight Princess. I love that tower level. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I do like that tower level. It's real. Like I just think about it, and it's just like it feels like such a distinct themed place. Yes. And with the dungeons in these games, and like to uh, like the same way as like the with even though I think that the like much of the like design of the what the fuck are they called the the not the, what's the the little mini the fuck are they called not they're not dungeons they're the what's the little mini tasks oh uh, the shrines shrines like in the same way as like i think the shrines are awesome but they're so like good. they're all look the same like everything looks the same yeah um and i just wish that everything felt like a unique place and i feel like they just don't yeah i do know what you mean by that like i certainly yeah when i think back to twilight princess uh oh my god those. that yeti level holy shit yeah. holy shit um, what a good what a good twilight princess is underrated yeah no, I think Twilight Princess is absolutely rad. I do, I do really like those old Zelda games. It's, uh, I'm, I'm aware I might have sounded dismissive by saying I don't have any particular nostalgia for them. I played them and I really enjoyed them, but it's the thing of I don't have a connection to a time where I'm like, oh man, I grew up playing this and this is yeah. dear to my heart. Whereas I actually weirdly do have that with Breath of the Wild, a game that I played when I was 27 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. So I think that is the disconnect. Is that like I absolutely have them and they're they're like filled yeah. with meaning to me in the way that like breath of the wild it's not that it doesn't have meaning but it just it can't be that for me yeah yeah no i i, I get that i get that entirely. um i do want to get call out the best thing that they've done in this era which is they've added perverts more perverts into the zelda canon kilton and colton oh little yeah freaks. no they're absolute absolute perverts <laughs> wow um we need every new zelda game needs a new zelda pervert um, yeah I, I feel like one of them was in Breath of the Wild, and I feel like the, the his, his horrible, even more perverted <laughs> brother is, is is a new new addition. I'm I'm into them fully, like in the same way that I like love Tingle, like love with like you know quotation marks around it. Yeah, um, sexually, I yes. It. Um, I feel the same way about Kilton and Colton, which I, when I wrote up my top 10 list, I had to look up their fucking names because I couldn't remember their <laughs> names, but, but the, the, the imprint that they have made in my mind is still vast. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's the kind of game. There's, there's something for everyone. It's, 
I've got a feeling that uh, ten years from now I will be able to recite the shrine complete sh- uh, chant. The weep, weep, wah, wah. <laughs> like I'll be able to get all of those notes in order, uh, no problem. Yeah, it's a cool game. I'm glad that they so- made it. I'm also glad that they're they're moving on and doing other things with Zelda because that's kind of the one of the coolest parts of Zelda is that like yeah we do all sorts of wild shit game to game. It's fucking here's some bullshit you've never seen before. Yeah, totally. Um, and I do I don't want it to I do want to end the Zelda talk before I give a call a shout out to the depths. Holy shit, they kept that a secret. How do they keep that a secret? Yeah, crumbs. I did, I'd completely forgotten that it was a secret. That feels so intrinsic to what's in the game. Yeah, wild, completely wild. Laughlin, what is your number two game of 2023? Oh, gosh. This is going to be controversial. And, uh, okay, I might be cheating a little bit on this. I have uh, Cyberpunk uh, Phantom Liberty here. Right, that's not... Like, listen, man. Not only is that, like, a whole kind of, like, standalone story... They also yeah. like fully fucking revamped that video game. Like it, they 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 changed like how it plays. It's the best like kill face turn that I've seen ever in video game. They completely changed the the whole game, and it's fantastic now. Yeah, and I mean, also, like, like I think said, it says it's a DLC, but it's a completely different story. Yeah, and like they could they, they could have released it as standalone as a standalone product if they, if they had wanted to it, they could have done that yeah it would be a little short uh, compared but yes absolutely it, it it is weird and i and i do so like i i, I agree and i don't i don't want to i don't want to uh, interrupt um but i just will say that like so much yeah. of the of the criticism of cyberpunk and what cd project red was doing um, I think is still like valid. Like, oh, I think, yes. so like lots of the way that it was, so like the way it shipped in a very broken state is very bad. Um, the way that they kind, they kind of like hid how broken the, the original console versions were. And like, keep in mind, like the, like the, the platforms that that game shipped for on console, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One do not get any of the improvements. So like they're stuck in bad game. Um, oh wow. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, and I think that like a lot of the like the way that they were handling like um not just in the game itself but i think a lot of the things around it like the way that their social the social media stuff uh was happening and the way they were dealing with things oh, no. uh, with, with trans just, people something remind me that was just a terrible terrible shit it was a bad time and they they showed themselves as being fucking the absolute bigots and i yeah. hate that yes so like i i don't want to say like i don't want to ever give the impression that that shit is not true because like it, it was a very bad time and they like people made some really bad mistakes around that stuff. I will say they have they have shown in the last couple of years like a a willingness to accept that they made huge massive mistakes and do their very best to rectify them and uh, it's not to say that like listen if you if people don't want like never want to buy a CD Project Red game because of how they feel the way they they were treated um like spe- specifically about the way they were handled handle, like trans people and like some of the gamergate shit like i get it and i mm-hmm. fully understand why that somebody would feel that way that's entirely fair um uh, but i do uh, i do also want to say that like it is clear that people have realized the mistakes that were made and 
have done they have done a lot of work to try to repair the damage that they did yeah and this is why i generally heal face turn here and not just look it's it's a fantastic dlc Mm -hmm. which is big enough to be standalone game and look it has an interest help (laughs) i i've been kind of low-key crashing on him for many years Mm -hmm. so obviously It was this. This is the reason I. Yeah, I even tried this. Yeah. um, This game because I'm. I am still very butthurt about everything that did. Project yeah, actually. I mean, I, I I think that's entirely fair. Is to be like that, like they really did some some bad shit, like in, yeah. in in a number of ways, and I don't think that anybody should forget. But it is possible, I think, for some people to say, "Let's move forward and see what we can do." And I think it is always worth noting that when you're dealing with a corporation, as especially one as big as CD Projekt, which is like legitimately very big, you're dealing now with it is, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah, not at the beginning, not when it very started, but now it is. It's a pretty big corporation. You're you're dealing with a lot of people with very different from very different backgrounds uh, like so like even then there were people who worked on that game who were queer and did not like the way that things were being handled and that's all true when you're talking about things you're making you're usually talking about like decision makers like the people who are who are the who get to decide what how things are messaged how things are designed like is this going to be in the game is this not going to be in the game um is this going to be a way we talk about it publicly is this not going to be a way we talk about it publicly do we ship this game in a fucked up state do we not ship it in a fucked up state um i think those are the people like primarily are the the ones who need to like take the blame and take the the most of the criticism which is not to say all of the criticism, like the whatever the social media manager who made those like shitty Gamergate tweets or those shitty like like kind of like weird uh like um assume my gender tweets. Um like that person is also guilty of some real bad shit. Um but that does not necessarily mean everybody at the everybody in this giant corporation um is bad and evil. They're not. They're normal like people are people and and when you we're dealing with a group of people that has a, a, a huge variety of 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 viewpoints. Yeah, but like uh they made me so ashamed yeah. of being bullied by association. So ashamed. And people looked at me personally badly because I am from the same country. It's it, it was so fucked up. But still, Phantom Liberty is fucking awesome. And yeah. they did a lot to fix uh, or at least make up for. Yeah, try to make amends for the things that they Yes, uh, all of that shit. And seriously, this is... Like, no one was more disappointed yeah. than I was. And yet, this is number two for me. Yep. Because it's really that good. And they really did did the work. And <laughs> the, the, the story of this is fantastic. And it's like like a, like a thriller, right? The characters are fine. Idris Helba is always great. Mm-hmm. Like, always. He just has to appear and I'm going to be melting. But <laughs> still, it's, it's good. It's yeah. really good. Good for them. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that they turned it around. Uh, my number two uh, is Season, A Letter to the Future, an indie game that I love that almost no one played, and in fact, uh, led to huge swaths of that poor studio being uh, shut down, being being laid off. Um, it, it's been a, 2023 was a really shitty year for, for layoffs. Um, and the scavenger studio, uh, a huge portion of them were laid off. Um, but I do want to call out, I love that game. Um, it's a, you, you explore, um, uh, a kind of like a, 
this world or like this not even this world but like this area of the world is is going through like a a destruction and renewal process and your job is to document it both like, like through audio and pictures and so like you're going around and documenting like a really beautiful world and i i really resonated with that so season a letter to the future it's on playstation and it's also on um pc so um I would say, please uh, consider picking that up. It's not very expensive. Um, it's a great game, and very, very few people played it, which really bums me out. It's not. It's not on like any top ten list anywhere, which sucks because it's what it was. It, if if it was not for my number one game for that, this one big thing, it would it would definitely be at the top of my list. I love that game so much. Uh, Rob, what's your number one game of twenty twenty three? Wild Frost. Yeah, I, 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 um, am not surprised, um, that Wild Frost is on the list. What happened to, uh, Fire Emblem Engage? Did that just not oh, make the shit. cut? No, I played, I played the sixth game this year. Wow. Is that your number Stone six? The Crows. Um, Wild Frost. Tell me about Wild Frost. Uh, Wild Frost is a very difficult, uh, deck builder roguelike that was released in April or so. Uh, I just find it absolutely addicting. I, um, so it's, uh, um, um, I've spent. It's, I mentioned. <laughs> I mentioned that I had a hankering for a platformer over the summer. I have had just an ongoing hankering for roguelike deck builders since I discovered they were a thing, which I think was probably like, or since I discovered that they were a thing I was into, which is probably like height of pandemic style. Yeah. I think that was twenty twenty one ish. That sounds right. Um, and I've constantly been like, oh, I'll find, I'll find one. They're never good, and then Wild Frost comes along, and it's finally, oh, it's so good. So. I think the thing that makes it good is uh, that it's trying to do something different to a Slay the Spire or an Inscription. It is um, is this very um, so you've got six six cards on either side of the um, on either side. Right, you you can play six cards. Your enemy will have up to six cards. Um, and there's the system where all of these cards have got countdowns on them, so they're going to have an effect that triggers in five turns, in four turns, in three turns, in two turns. And um, oh, it's bug nuts. Uh, there's <laughs> it's, it's one of those. It's, it's very hard to describe the appeal without going into all of the details of like oh, and then there's a, there's a uh, there's a status effect called spice, which is going to double your attack. But the the the, the short version is the ways that you can combine things and the ways that you you have a lot more control over your deck than you do in something like um, Slay the Spy. Where Slay the Spy, you're getting lots and lots of cards and you're adding them and recycling them and you're seeing the same ones on different runs. In Wild Frost, you are seeing uh, different cards that you are going to keep seeing in your deck and you can reliably get out pretty early on. Uh, so you can plan a lot more and you can come up with weird techniques and you can come up with uh, things that are completely busted in a very different way than uh, than in Slay the Spire, and it is just it's, it. It will sound ludicrous because it's quite a difficult game. It's quite an intense game, and I'm not always in the mood for it. But when I am in the mood for it, it's just such a nice, weird way to wind down. To just be like, I'm fully in the world of uh, fighting cards, <laughs> and oh, it's it's delightful. It's really really nice. I love Wild Prost. I love the art style. I love the depth of it, I love the intensity, um, but I also love that it gets very, very silly. It's is although it is intense at times. Although when I reach the fucking pigs in the third world, I'm like, I hate these pigs. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with these pigs every single time. The 
the, the the absurdity of there there are, there are cards. There's there's a card which is a little berry. Um, he's a little boy who has got a berry for a head, holding a sword. Uh, and his ability is that every time he's healed, his attack power goes up. And it was subtle. I didn't notice it for quite some time until I got quite far through it. But as his attack goes from like one to two, nothing really happens. Two to three, nothing really happens. By the time his attack's reaching thirty, he's got this massive berry head that comes off the card, and it's like, oh, it's is whimsical in a way that really softens the uh, uh, the yeah the, the the intense vibes. So it's, it's it's got a little bit of everything for me. It is the uh, yeah it's, it's it's the game that I'm most going to remember about 2033. That's pretty cool. Um, it sounds like uh, it's it allows you by kind of being a, a little bit overwhelming at times. It allows you to like almost like meditate. That's exactly it. Yes, yes. It really gets you into like a flow state, which is just delightful. Very cool. That's called Wild Frost. And that yes. is that's a is that a sequel? Is that connected to something else? No, brand new. It's okay. its own thing. I'm thinking I of also found out I also found out that the developer is from Bristol. Uh, oh, that's neat. Yeah. Super cool. Um Laughlin, what's your number one game? 2023. It's Baldur's Gate 3. Hell yeah, it's also my number one game. That's a great game. Yeah. What's the thing yeah. about it you love the most? Oh, no. <laughs> For me, it's the it's it, it is the characters, but not just all characters. It is your core adventuring crew. I think yeah. that there hasn't been a game since probably Dragon Age Inquisition that I have liked and cared about the your like party as much as uh, Baldur Gate Three. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say that this is the the best party, mm-hmm. the the it's best party I have. Really great party. Yeah. Yeah, even even the Dragon Ages are. This is better. Yeah, I, mean, I think me. that I think there's just more stuff going on with them, um, and also like there's there's still like a, uh, a a party member that I just haven't ever gotten, and like maybe I'll have to do like a, an evil run. Uh, what was her name? <laughs> oh, Mithar. Mithar. Yeah, I like, and uh-huh. I do understand. My understanding is they recently made it her easier to get. You don't have to necessarily do straight up genocide to get her. But uh, it is still and like there are also mobs. Yeah, this, but uh, no, I, no, no. I'm sorry, I, I can't. I, yeah, it makes me physically uncomfortable being evil in video games. I'm yeah, afraid. I so, do. I do want to do an art, a dark urge play eventually because I have heard some wild shit. Yeah, the, the dark urge, like uh, dark urge was originally the main. Yeah, guy. yeah, and uh, now you. I, I guess they realize that this might be a little too it's much. It's too intense. It's too much yeah. for people. But I do yeah. I do want to eventually get around to it. I have started like I I did I play through most of the game. I got into Baldur's Gate and all that stuff. Uh, and then I was like I want to do I want to do like my canonical run. So that's what I'm doing now. Is I started over before I finished it and I'm doing like my my canon run. Um because also I had made some decisions that I later regretted. Like I went full on Illithid. Uh oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? Maybe what if I wasn't an Illithid?" Um and what if I wasn't being corrupted all the time? Um Yeah, but- I d- I, I can't do that either. I never use my illicit powers. Never even seen the, uh, the 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 brain with the powers. It's some wild shit. 
Um, yeah, but, I, I you know. hear it as a wild shit, but I, it makes me physically not fine. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to do that. So here's but, the no. yeah, I agree. I agree that that it is not like it feels bad to be mean in video games. Why why be mean when you can be when you could be nice? Um, I will say the one line that stuck that I that I wrote uh, at the beginning of when I was writing up is Larry and did would bio won't. Like this is like yeah. this is this is the clear like future of Bioware style games. They fucking did the thing. Wow, Bioware can- has struggled to put out fucking anything. Oh, I'm sure Dread Wolf will be out this year, and it'll be great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no. like it, it might legitimately be out this year. Um, there has been rumblings, <laughs> but man, Bioware, you're bumming me out. Valerian, um, yeah, bugging, bugging, bumming me out for quite a while now. Yeah. But- but Larry and um, goddamn, did they, yeah, they? They did the they, damn thing. Yeah, and even though it was it was kind of buggy, especially in the later part of the yeah. game, because they they had like what four or five years. I I can't even remember how long this. I think they put game. they went out in twenty twenty is when they went into early access. Yeah, so they they managed to mostly solve the issues in Act One, mm. but the, the, the later in the game, the more bugs. Yeah, because the, the, like there are, there are moments when it feels like that game is shaking apart. It seems like oh no, there's so much happening here that the computer is freaking out. Yeah, and the the performance issues, especially in uh, sorry in the city. Yeah, in Baldur's uh, Gate, it was kind of wild. But that was because of how ambitious the scope is how big the, the I'm sorry the location is how uh, how all the AI for all the NPCs is singular how varied the outcomes can be like how like yeah. you make a decision here and then that has ramifications for the rest of the game also that and that that was the issue with the, the performance in later stages of the game yeah the the whole the whole debacle about the cut content, especially when it comes to uh, Carla. Yeah. That was harsh. Yeah, but, but listen, there's plenty of... There is so much content in that game. Nobody nobody should be complaining about that the game not having enough content. That game has a lot of content. Yeah, it's... Seriously, it's... It's kind of like and, three games. It's kind of like... It's kind of like Baldur's Gate 3, 4, and 5. Kind of all in one. Yeah, I, I found the, 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 the middle, the, the second act, to be the shortest. Yeah. But uh, it, it, there is so much stuff in there. It, it's incredible, and honestly, everything about this is is amazing. But the character writing, why were never had this real characters that felt yeah, like? I mean, I think so I think there funny. are flashes of it in Bioware, but I think that they do it more consistently. Yeah, but especially when when you get to know them and they trust you, it's uh, incredible how many layers there are and. Uh, Especially like Lazel, people really hated her at first. But oh, she's great. She, she's great. She I mean, she, listen, she's she's a shit heel in many instances, but she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And when you get to know her and you actually befriend her, or even you know, go into a relationship, it's um, she is absolutely fantastic. Even though you know, Caroline is still my 
Yeah, she's she's canonically she's my hot wife. She yeah she's she's my hot wife as well. Um, what what a great game. Um, I do like Rob. I know that I I I, I do a I do a like a, a check in like how you feeling about Baldur's Gate? Does this do does this do anything? Does this move the, the needle? Or are you still like eh, maybe one day? No, uh, yeah, I'm I'm I remain. I'd say that the Baldur's Gate frog boils ever warmer. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's it, it feels like it's probably a matter of time. Honestly, I thought that there was a chance that I might get to it over Christmas, but uh, turns out moving house ticks it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that I listen. I would assume you would have significant amount of more time in the new year because holy shit, does buying a house and then moving an, into a new house uh, wreck your life? <laughs> yeah, do not yeah. check them in. It's, it's been tricky. I mean, well, I mean, now that this is over, you won't have to do it ever again. So take solace in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I very much am. <laughs> Knock on wood. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. Um, I do want to say, just I will just say, I won't say anything about it. Just um, Horizon Forbidden West: Burning Shores is DLC. Uh, it's not. It's my honorable mention. It's not my top ten, but it's great. It's great mm-hmm. if you if you like if you like Horizon, it's it's really good. Um, I have I have an honorable mention, but this is because I got to it this year, and it's last year's game. Go for it, uh, God of War Ragnarok. And how did you like it? It was good. I loved it. Cool. I'm surprised because the, the, again, character writing in this yeah. game, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, and it has Chris Judge, another one that I had low key crush on for. Since Stargate, basically. Uh, so. And Rob, your uh, your honorable mention is, is Fire Emblem Engage. Yeah, sorry, man. Whoops, sorry, forgot Fire you Emblem. existed. Yeah, I did enjoy you though. You're pretty good. Um, alrighty, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, uh, don't. Okay, you're not going to do a stuff of the year. Ah. Oh, that's a bummer. I like those. Um, Lawson, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, probably some sort of social media that I haven't touched in a year or two. Mm. Let's go Instagram at uh, Leslin. Thanks. And if you want to see what I do, head over to grantbruner.com where I have written up already for your viewing pleasure the my top 10 games of 2023. For the Weekly Roar, I'm Grant Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. That's Laughlin. Have a good one. Above the house and looking down I guess I gotta go back there Guess I never was any other answer And as the freeway hums the cars go by The headlights roll across the sky Many miles away and I can see them Speeding through the dark But if you need me, I'll be downstairs With the shop back can call, but I probably won't hear you because it's loud with the shop back on. You'll be okay, you'll be upstairs with the TV. You can cry, and I probably won't hear you because it's loud with the shop back on.